welcome back. This is episode 16 of the Jayan Sutras portion of the Buddhist Books podcast. I'll try to make up for yesterday a little bit and get right to the reading. First, if this is your first time seeing me, click here instead. That'll take you to the beginning of the Buddhist Books podcast, Dhammapada Part 1. Hello to those of you listening on the podcast. I know you can't see me. Sometimes I say click here, and when I say that, I'm talking to the people on YouTube. Um, for those of you who are here for the Jainism, but not necessarily episode 16, maybe more like episode 1, start at the beginning, click here. That will explain why we're talking about Jainism on a Buddhist Books podcast. It's very interesting. Okay. Let's get... Oh, by the way, they're back. Here we have... Parshvanat, right? Um, the 23rd, Tirkankara, I think I'm getting these words right, and Mahavir, the 24th Tirthankara of Jainism. Um, and uh, a cow. In Hindi, Gai is the word for cow. So, yeah, it's a guy. Um, I mean, it's a lady. Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Oh, we also, today's episode is sponsored by, huh? Huh? It's an elephant. See? Does it say, I think it says, yeah, Thailand. Those of you who know flags very well might have already guessed. Okay, let's get to it, shall we? We're going to jump in. I didn't realize we were right at the end of um, Alonkana Sutra. So I predict that this is going to be the first episode on all of Buddhist Books Podcast that's going to have um, two sutras in one episode. Ending one, beginning another, or ending one and possibly reading the entirety of another. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Depends on how much I ramble on... And uh, thank you, future me, for the thing that you'll see later. That'll make sense. I'll explain later. Okay. <clears throat> Picking up right where we left off. You remember all the math? All right. Classifications of classification of forms of life. <clears throat> the Jaina philosophy has classified all forms of life in this world, and that's not one of them noise maker. Anyway, maybe it is one of them. No, it's not one of them, because then it would be 569. <laughs> Alright. The Jaina philosophy has classified all forms of life in this world from the one sensed to the five sensed beings. How many senses do earth, air, fire, water, and ether have? One wonders. Okay. Uh, into five main divisions... These five divisions include creatures with one sense up to five senses. Right. The five sense organs are the ear, eye, nose, tongue, and skin. Earth, water, fire, air, and the entire plant kingdom are considered as organisms with one sense organ. Well, that answers my question, uh, which is skin. The organ of touch. Right. Organ of touch, band name, anyone? Uh, worms, conch shells. Mm -hmm. Should I? Should I? 
All right, sorry. Okay, or uh, lightheaded. I was able to do it for a second. This is a smaller one. This is a going conch. See, it's a little different, funkily shaped. Not like that big one that I was able to play miraculously once and then not since. Anyway, okay. Uh, the conch, the organ. Okay, worms, conch, and shells are two sensed organisms endowed with the sense organ of touch, touch and taste. Ants, insects, bugs, and lice are three sensed organisms endowed with the sense organs of touch, taste, and hearing. Flies, mosquitoes, scorpions, etc. are four sensed organisms endowed with the above three organs and the organ of sight, which is the eye. Those born from the womb, the infernal, animal, human, and celestial forms. Born from the womb. Okay. Are endowed with hearing as well. Thus being endowed with all the five sense organs. Indria. Sense organ. The name Indra refers to Atman, or the soul. The Atman is considered as the most opulent in this world. Can inanimate matter be considered opulent? It is, after all, just a slave of the Atman. Therefore, it is said, Indati Aisvaryavan Bhavatiti Indra from Nirukta 4 slash 1 slash 8. Thus, that which is the symbol of Atman or Indra points to it or creates an awareness of it, or else that which is employed by the Atman is known as Indriya. To understand this derivation, let us see the second part of the 93rd Sutra of the 5th chapter of Panini's Astadhyayi. According to the explanation found there, all comprehension, even to the smallest degree, by all the worldly beings is only through these sense organs, or indriyas. Method of Recitation the method of reciting the Aryapatika Sutra is extremely beautiful and melodious. After paying obeisance at the feet of the guru with the verse Tikhuto three times, one must stand with folded hands before the guru. This, there is a particular way of standing in front of the guru. One must maintain a distance of a little more than four inches between the toes and three inches between the heels. Oh, right, okay. This is the pose of the jain, of the jinas, or the jina mudra. Subsequently, one must bend the knees, fold the palms like a lotus flower, bend forward and place the elbows on the stomach and stand in the posture of yoga mudra. In this posture, one must melodiously recite the verses from Ichakarenam Sandisa 
to Padikamami. These verses are chanted to obtain permission for Alokana. After obtaining permission from the Guru, one must say Icham, which is indicative of receiving the permission. Now, one must sit before the Guru and recite the text from Ichami Padikamiyam until Micha Mi Dukanam. If the Guru is not present, then one must meditate on God, considering Him, lowercase g, capital H, go figure, as the witness. Chant the verse facing east or north. Okay. Seven Sampadas. The ancient commentators have described the plan for attaining the seven kinds of Sampadas, or relaxations, in this sutra. The first is Abhyugpagama Sampada which means seeking the guru's permission. The second is Nimita Sampada, which explains that the reason for Alokana is the violations brought about by organisms. The third is Ogha, where the general reasons for the violations are stated. The fourth is Itvara, where the specific reasons for violations of organisms, such as panakamane, are stated. The fifth is Sangraha, in which, by this one phrase, Jame Jiva Virahiya, all violations brought about by living beings have been included. There were like millions, right? The sixth is Jiva Sampada, which refers to the classification of organisms on the basis of name. The seventh is Viradhana Sampada, which refers to the violations such as those of Abhihaya. And that, folks, is the end of the uh, commentary on Alokana Sutra. Okay, let's take a moment to absorb the wisdom. Um, yeah, some of that is uh, very reminiscent of aspects of what I know of the Buddha's teaching as far as compassion, nonviolence, also yoga as well as aspects of uh, the teachings of Yeshua, or Jesus, as you may know him. Um, yeah, all right. So let's move on to the next sutra, the Kayotsarga Sutra. <clears throat> Tasa Utari, actually, let's let someone else uh, uh, chant it while we look at the English translation. Tasa Uttari Karnenam Payachitta Karnenam Visohi Karnenam Visalli Karnenam Pavanam 
कम्माणम निघायणी काउसगम Okay. So now you have an idea of how it sounds and what the English translation is, but I don't because it was me in the future that put that together. See how that works? All right. So now you're going to hear it in a more flowy kind of English provided by Upadhyaya Amarmuni, and I am going to find out the meaning of the sutra for the first time. So here we go. I perform kayotsarga for supreme sublimation, for greater upliftment of my soul, for expiation of my sins, for the purification of my heart, and for the annihilation of my sinful acts. Excuse me. This implies that i withdraw from all bodily movements and activities and perform deep meditation to attain self enhancement all right okay so it sounds like something you would chant before meditating right okay analysis this is the uttarikarana sutra It helps the aspirant to become steadfast in the resolve to undertake kayotsarga for the specific purification of any subtle blemishes that may have remained after the aryapatika pratikramana. This sutra reverberates with the great ideals that help the soul to achieve a state free of all blemishes. purification of vows vrata sudhi the term samskara also means refinement by which one can reach an exalted state there are three kinds of samskaras through which every object can be purified to perfection the first is that which removes all the dosas or blemishes oh but i like dosas to a kind of food if you're confused probably different language dosas southern food and jains are from bihar so you know how it goes anyway hence it is known as sodaka or uh, sodaka samskara or dosa marjana marjuana no marjana the second samskara removes any subtle blemishes that may have been left in the first stage thus bringing an end to the lowly forms of the object form of the object this is the visesaka or the visesaka samskara or hinanga purti which helps to render an object flawless the third known as bhavaka samskara or atisayadhaka gives a distinctive status to the perfect object any kind of purification always includes these three samskaras black work white work red work all right fancy names for that to explain by an analogy 
when a washerman first immerses soiled clothes, a washerman, I like that, in detergent or boiling water to remove the accumulated dirt from all the clothes. It is akin to the first sodhaka samskara mentioned above. Neophyte through philosophers? Sorry. Uh, He then rinses them, dries them in the sun, and folds them well, thus using the visasaka samskara, portal in theory. When he removes the creases and irons the clothes, that would be bhavaka samskara, 5-6, in theory. In outward external initiation, not, not real not internal. And go through the motions. It's sort of like speaking without repenting, uh, going through the ceremony without going through the ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes decades. Lifetimes even. Another example to illustrate the problem, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry, it's really not important. Um, Just talking to some of my old friends who might be watching. Another example to illustrate the process of purification with these three samskaras is that of one who dyes clothes. You ever played Breath of the Wild? Anyway, he first soaks the clothes in water, applies pressure on them, and removes all stains. In the next stage, he adds the color, spelled O-U because of the British, you know, uh, of his choice to the clothes. Finally, He starches and presses them, thus bringing about a complete transformation in them. These three stages are akin to the purification by the three samskaras. Let me see if I can come up with one. Uh, You take an egg, you crack it open, put it in the frying pan, and then you put salt and pepper on it and put it on a plate. Um... Probably not, sorry. Just ignore that. In the same manner, the three samskaras are used for purification of vows. Vrata Suti. Undertaking the vows of Alokana and Pratikramana, the aspirant cleanses himself of all the blemishes that have arisen from carelessness. Oh, that's the word I was looking for at the end of last episode. Thus using sodhaka samskara to purify himself by the process of kayotsarga, he frees himself of any subtle blemish that may have remained in the previous stage. Thus using the visesaka samskara to make his vows steadfast. Finally, by the process of pratyakyana, he increases the power of his own self, thus making his vows distinctive by bhavaka samskara. Once an object becomes dirty, it cannot be cleaned at one go. Several efforts are required to clean it. Sorry. 
To remove the rust from an unused weapon, one needs to rub and scrape it several times before it regains its lost luster. So also the soul which has been stained with the blemishes of sin cannot remove all the contaminations in one instant. For that, the aspirant has to make unrelenting efforts. Only with time and effort does the soul regain its pristine form. The Significance of Kayotsarga Kayotsarga is made up of two words, kaya, which means body, and utsarga, which means liberation. liberation. Sorry. Hence, kayotsarga means to liberate oneself from all inauspicious bodily activities. What this implies is that during the practice of kayotsarga, the aspirant becomes forgetful of his body activities, bodily activities, and relinquishes bodily desires. Thus, coming in contact with the inner self. Not in herself, inner self. Totally different. Well, context is everything. He now contemplates upon the supreme reality and becomes engrossed in his own supreme self. When this contemplation reaches a heightened state, then the sinful karmas are weakened and released. As the self is purified. The basis of spiritual purity is embedded in Kayotsarga. In Kayotsarga, the freedom from bodily activities also includes freedom from thought and speech. As long as the activities of the body, mind, and speech continue, the entry of sinful karmas cannot be stopped. Likewise, a person who is not free from karmic shackles cannot achieve moksha, or emancipation. Hence, it is imperative to relieve oneself of the inauspicious activities of the body, mind, and speech. And this can be achieved only through kayotsarga, which is the true pathway to salvation. Purification of self by repentance, or prayaskita. In spiritual practices, a great amount of importance is laid upon prayaskita, or skita, I don't know, or repentance. Repentance is a form of spiritual punishment undertaken by the aspirant upon committing any sin. Is it now? The sole aim of this repentance is self-purification. Impurity within the self is born from sinful blemishes and misconduct. By repentance, 
These sins are annihilated and flaws suppressed. Thus, in the ancient texts, such as Prayaschita Samukhaya, the term Prayaschita has many synonyms. Papa Chedana, or destroying sin, sounds like a like a Orisha, sub-Orisha or something. Papa Shadana. Anyway, Malapanayana, or freeings, freeing oneself of all evil. Visodana. If, if my understanding of Sanskrit is correct, it literally would mean freeing oneself of all poo. But evil works. Maybe they're synonyms. Or maybe... Maybe the same word means two different things. Um, I just remember malasana is the one where you squat. And uh, people say it's called squatting pose. But that's not the literal translation of the Sanskrit. Anyway, uh, okay, so moving on. Visodhana, constant analysis. And aparada vishuddhi, freeing oneself from all wrongdoing. The Agamas mention 12 kinds of austerities, which include the six eternal Bahya Tapa and six internal austerities, Abhyantara Tapa. The internal austerities, such as repentance, are those that cleanse the soul, Alokana, Pratikramana, and Kayotsarga are mentioned as austerities of prayaschita, or repentance. Although the Agamic literature mentions ten forms of repentance, I think they put a, a Greek suffix, ik, on a Sanskrit word. That's always fun. Anyway, um, people do it all the time. It's like they've probably been doing it since ancient times, you might say. Anyway, uh, Agamic literature mentions ten forms of repentance. It is the fifth, or the Kayotsarga, that we will stress upon here as Vyutsargamra Prayaschita. Here, Vyutsarga is defined by Akarya Apayadeva as the attempt to stop all inauspicious bodily activities. Vyutsarham yatka yakestanirodhata from stananga six tatika. Curtailing of bodily activities is stressed in kayotsarga because activity is symbolic of corruption, while stability symbolizes purity. Definition of Prayaschita. The ancient Akaryas have given an analysis of Prayaschita or repentance in a very unique way. Praya means often, and Chitta means mind. Thus, that which cleanses the mind often is Prayaschita. Prayo Bahulyena. Chitam equals vitam sodhayati sodha karma malinam 
Vimalikaroti. That came from Pankasaka Vivarana. Another meaning of repentance is that which evicts sin. Papachetakhatvat prayaschitam prakirti payachitamiti from sthatrita for udetika. The third meaning is that which purifies sin. Paya papam vinirdistam chitas tasya cha sodhanam from Dharma Sangraha 3 Adi. Also, see below. Apadhova praya chidam sidhi prayasya chitam prayas chitam. Aparadha Vishuddhi, that came from Raja Vartika 9 slash 22 slash 1. All the above connotations have been mentioned in the Avasyaka Niryukti as follows. Pavam Chindai Jamha Paya Chitam Tu Bhanai Tenam paina vavi chitam viso hai tena pachitam from Avasyaka near Yukti 1503. That which destroys all sins or that which cleanses the being is known as prayaschita. There is another excellent derivation of prayaschita, which has been evolved, keeping in mind the general reaction of people towards the concept of repentance. Praya means the world, referring to the people in the world. And chita means mind, an action which has secured the respect of people is repentance. Once a person has repented his sins, the effect his action has on the masses is itself the very essence of its derivation. We have all seen that one who commits sins falls in the eyes of the masses and is viewed with contempt and hatred, usually. But when he sincerely repents his wrongdoings, then there is a change in the hearts of people and they begin to respect him or care for him. Why is my head doing this? I, hey, just read it. Don't express opinions about it while you're reading it, head. Therefore, it is said, praya it yukyate. It's like those, uh, those Instagram or YouTube or TikTok apologies when people, you know, do something awful or say something awful and then they come on and they're like crying or fake crying. They put some eye drops in and they're like, I'm so sorry, everybody. And then it's like a voting process to see if people believe the apology, you know. <laughs> anyway, therefore, it is said, praya it yukyate lokastasya chitam mano bhavet tikita grahakam 
karma prayaschitamiti smirtam. That came from prayaschita samukhaya vrti. According to Vedic scholars, in prayaschita, the chita or self makes a comeback or praya. It returns to its pure state. When the soul cloaked in sin aspires to return to its pure state, it is known as prayaschita. By the power of kayotsarga, which is a sublime form of repentance, thank you, selling something. The soul removes away, I think ice cream, um, from activity and establishes itself in its pure form. Two things real quick. One, I know we're going over a little bit. You probably knew that before I did. Um, but there's just a little bit left, so I'm going to go ahead and finish this sutra. Two, we are on page 64. There are 128 pages in this book. You know what that means, right? No? Uh, it means we're halfway through. We're halfway to the Pali scriptures. Woo! Halfway through the uh, Jainism, by the way, that means. Basically, the first episode I didn't read anything. So if I stick to the reading, which I probably won't, at least not in every episode, then... Uh, yeah, we're halfway there. So this is episode 16. After episode 32, then I predict we will move on to the Pali scriptures. Okay, next section. Who undertakes vows? The one who undertakes vratas or vows is known as vrati in the scriptures. According to the Jayana thought, one cannot become a true vratu. <clears throat> Sorry. One cannot become a true vrati by a superficial adoption of the vows of nonviolence and truth. To become a true practitioner of vows, suvrati, the first and the foremost condition is to free oneself from salya or darts. Emo Phillips, they were throwing darts into my head. I said, hey, you guys. As soon as this game's over, hit the road. One must remain steadfast and detached. Refrain from pride and sensual enjoyment. Accept the blemishes caused by one's wrongdoings and attempt to cleanse them with the practice of pratikramana, alokana and kayotsarga. Where there is pride and mockery of one's vows, Salyas are present. And when there is salya, how can vows be practiced meaningfully? What's salya again? It is for such an ideal that Akarya Umasvati declares in Tatvara Sutra 7 13, don't worry, it's short, Nisalyo Vrati, which means one who is free from salya is Vrati. The meaning of salya, oh thank goodness. The meaning of salya can be seen in the phrase salya tenena iti salyam, which creates endless pain within, weakens one's strength and health. Such an arrow, dart, or thorn is salya. 
they were throwing salia into my head. In the spiritual world, there are three kinds of salias or darts. That are born, darts that are born from laksana vritti or the tendency to pierce from within. When an arrow or a thorn pierces the body, it takes away the person's peace and well-being and spreads poison in the entire body. So also the darts of deception, band name, uh, pierce the inner self and render a person restless and deprive him of peace. The vows of nonviolence, truth, and the like ensure the spiritual well-being of the soul and keep the effect of salyas at bay. One, dart of deceit, maya salya. The term maya means deceit. When a person cheats another, pretends to be what he is not, and accepts or allows the abuse of undertaken vows, then he is using the dart of deceit, or maya salya. Two, dart of greed, band name, uh, nidana salya, to aspire for worldly gain through religious conduct. By the way, visit my Patreon, just kidding, just kidding, I don't have a Patreon. Or to hanker after sensual enjoyment is known as sidana, when a person is overwhelmed by the wealth and opulence of others around him and he aspires for the same as the fruits of his vows. Then he is weakening his own resolves by the weapon the weapons of greed. Three Dart of deluded vision Mithyadarsana. Salya. This is a very dangerous weapon, as it removes one's faith from truth and establishes oneself in untruth. Such a person is never drawn towards truth. Thus, this dart is the enemy of right vision, Samyag Darshana. The QAnon dart. Anyway, no rule or vow can be pure. Obviously, there's other kinds of untruth. Uh, no rule or vow can be pure as long as an aspirant carries the resolve of any of the aforementioned darts or salyas in his heart. The vow of a person who is under delusion is, <laughs> is contaminated by untruth. The vow of a person immersed in materialistic desire is devoid of detachment, devoid of detachment. and contaminated with desire. The vow of a person who is under the influence of false vision merely carries the form of a substance and not its essence. Without the presence of samyaktva, or right vision, the severest of penances remain unproductive. In fact, they become the cause of karmic bondages. In summarizing the present Uttari Karana Sutra, it must be stated that repentance or prayaschita is essential for the purification of the vows and the soul. Repentance cannot have any value without the purification of thought, and for that one must abstain from all darts or 
salyas. One can free oneself of salya and annihilate sinful karmas by kayotsarga. Therefore, the practicing of kayotsarga is essential. Kayotsarga is an exceptional form of repentance for errors committed during the practice of restraint or sanyama. All right, we finished two sutras. Thank you all for going on this bumpy ride with me. And thank you to the Tirtankaras and the guy for, uh, for joining us. I'm just going to try one more time. Okay, never mind. I'll practice before next time. Okay, uh, I'll close. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.